Rava says a person is obligated, as Rashi translates the word Lipsumi, to get drunk with wine on Purim until he cannot distinguish between cursed as Haman and blessed as And following this teaching of Rava, the Gemara relates the following story. Rab and Rab Zera made a party on Purim together. Ibsum Nishtakro, they got drunk. Kom Rabba, Shachter Rab Zera. Rabba arose and Shachter Rab Zera. The next day he davened and he resurrected him. The Shana, the following year, Amr Lei Nisimar Venavitsus Purim Hadiyadadi. Rabba says to Rab Zera, We had a great time last year, didn't we? Let's do this again. Amalei, Rabzeir responded, Not every time do miracles happen, and therefore I cannot accept this invitation. That's the story of the Gemara. And This story, in its simple translation, requires explanation. How can we say that Rabba? Was guilty, even whatever way you're going to explain it, in a in a some some uh, strain of of murder. So how can you say that? And even if you'll say in note four, it says although you may say he got drunk. First of all, other says a person is always considered uh, uh, responsible for their actions. It's obvious that Rabbah was not guilty in this, even. Shegeg or anus. Shegeg meaning he did it by accident. He didn't realize that he was uh, putting away the uh, the dishes and oops, and the knife actually he put it in the wrong spot. And says, I can't, we cannot say that. We can't say it's anus. It's impossible. Um, as we know from Tanya, that Rabbi said in Gemara and Brachas, I'm a Bainini. A Bainini means someone who never ever sinned. So certainly we cannot say that Rabbah did an Avera over here. Uh, so what's going on? The Marsha explains it wasn't actual death. It wasn't actual Shechita. It was similar to Shechita. says the Marsha, what does it mean similar to Shechita? Rabbah was telling and his wine overwhelmed him. He was forcing Rav Zera to drink more and more until Rav Zera couldn't handle it and he, and he almost uh, died. Uh, and he died. The Yavid says something similar to him. says he forced him to drink and that caused him to die. The Yavid says a different pshat. He says... It wasn't actual shechita. It was, in a, f- from the way people looked at it, it looked like he, he died. But he actually didn't die. Rav Zera also, hearing everyone say, Oh, Rav Zera died. He also fainted from fear, hearing everyone say that he died. Yeah, I guess so. Oh my gosh. And so he fainted. So he, he was also uh, enveloped in this rumor. About his death, but he didn't actually kill. Him. That's what the Yavid says. 
Those are the explanations we have. But First of all, the simple translation of the story, and especially its conclusion, the next day he davened and he resurrected him. Resurrected him. According to the Yavitz's explanation, it doesn't fit. Because the Yavitz says he didn't actually kill him. So, how good is, we don't, you don't have to dive into resurrect someone if they're not dead. The same is if he's a good of Yosef Rabzeir, Ashenat Lambus. And even according to this question, we best in Mashar's explanation as well. It doesn't, doesn't answer Rabba. How could Rabba cause damage to the health of Rabzeir? Actually, um, I mistranslated the Marsha. Marsha said not the Lamas. Not the Lamas means he didn't die. He got close to death. So the question is, how can we say that Abzeda was so hurt by Rabbah to the extent that he got close to death? It's usher. It's forbidden the terror to hurt somebody in any way, and especially in a way that you bring the guy close to death. How can you say that this actually happened? Then Rabbah caused Abzer to be so badly hurt that he almost died. And you can't say either they didn't die because it sounds like the Gemara clearly had to dive him to resurrect him. So Chuzach Tamsef and Makasha Zer Shachter Rabbah Abzerim Divya Gemara Hayamadim Madim Yegevra Ashidam Shevachdam Amrabu Anabim Adachum. Tamsef connects this Gemara with the, um, the Gemara says that someone was born. In the mazel of Madim, in the zodiac of Madim, will be a murderer. And oops, and Rabba was born in Madim. Since Rabba was born in Madim, so uh, the Shkham Sefer says, yeah, if, uh, the, this, this, this fits right in. No problem. We're in the uh, last paragraph of the first page. The Ravid says, you cannot say that Ravid, that Ravid did this. Even if he's born in Madi, you cannot say he actually killed someone. You can't say that Rabbi actually murdered someone. Ramam says, a person can never say that they are forced to act in a certain way because of their nature. So even if you're born in Mazel Madim, doesn't mean you're going to actually be a murderer. You have free will. And certainly you're given the strength from Hashem to overcome your natural tendencies. And certainly Rabbah had that same ability. So uh, so he cannot, just because Aksam Sefer finds a comparison in the Gemara to another statement, doesn't answer our question. You could be born in Mazel Madim, that, doesn't excuse him, that does not excuse murder. Question is even greater. Before we get the greater question, so so let's go over very quickly. We have the Marsha saying that he caused him to drink too much, we made him almost die. We have the Yavid saying that he hurt him, but it looked look like he was dead, but he didn't die. But first of all, the bigger question is how can we say that Rabbah did anything of the sort? Rabbah is Rabbah. And you cannot say because he was drunk, because Rabbah is Adam Lilayl. A person is always considered in their full volition, they're fully responsible for themselves at all times. So how can you say that Rabbah did this in any shape or form, especially considering the Alter Rebbe is uh, speaking at length about the greatness of Rabbah as a Benini, the Gemara is described as a Benini. The second thing is, according to their explanations, they didn't actually kill him. What's the meaning of Rabbah resurrecting him? You can't resurrect someone who didn't die. 
And the Chassam Sefer comparing this, understanding this based upon the Gemara saying that Rabbah was born in Madin doesn't really answer our question because Rabbah is a uh, Jew and he has free will and he certainly could overcome any tendency. The truth is that not only for Jews, everyone has free will. Right. The bigger question is the, the next part of the story. The next year, Rabbi says, Oh, let me invite you again for Suez Purim. Let's bring again. It was, wasn't it fantastic? Not only does the Gemara not say that Rabbi did Shuvah for this. He invited Abzeira to have the same kind of celebration. Rabbi knows the very same thing could happen this year that happened last year. And Rabbi is not afraid of the same thing happening again. Like, let's do this again. Add to this question. The only reason Abzeira refused Rabbi's invitation was just because you don't have miracles happening every year. That means really he was ready that year to also celebrate with Rabbah. Even though he knew the whole likelihood that you, he's entering a place of danger. And the Torah says you cannot stand in a place of danger. He knew that Rabbah may do again what he did the year before. But, so, so he could have told Rabbah uh, many... Thank you very much. Could have told Rabbah many other, uh, a much more powerful reason why he can extend this meal because you're not allowed. Besides relying on the miracle, if it, Rabbah, you know it's going to happen if you do this, when we get together. This is just not good. You're not a healthy person, Rabbah. You got to go to twelve steps. Rabzera's response is, in other words. It's a great idea. I would love to do this. The only reason I can't is because Tchis HaMesim is something that doesn't always happen. I'm not sure it's going to happen this year. But really, if you could do Tchis HaMesim the next day, this would be a fantastic idea. So the question is, what is going on over here? It sounds like the Gemara is framing this story as something very positive that happened, that would have happened again the following year, had not Rav Zera been afraid of the lack of, of Rabbah being able to resurrect him. So, is it a positive story? Is it a negative story? Is it murder? Is it not murder? murder? What's going on? Base. We find other explanations according to Kabbalah and Drush. This story is referring to spiritual things. Therefore, you might say it's only a parable. We find also a similar a story among the many stories of Rabbi Rachana that is only a parable. Many of the stories in the track in the section of the Gemara by Rabbi Rachana are only are mishalim for spiritual things. And did not actually happen. So many of the stories of the Gemara Rabbi Rachana did not actually happen. So maybe you want to say the same thing over here. This story didn't happen. 
Rabba invited Reb Zera Beruchnius, and Reb Zera accepted Beruchnius. Rabbi killed Reb Zera Beruchnius, and you could say the whole thing was a spiritual thing. That's that's what many people people want to say, and you understand why they want to say this because it's a bigger question. Aval Ein the Farish came in and Eirush Sipur. The Rabbi Rav Zera who Rakam Moshe Ramaz Ali Neruchni, we cannot say this is only a parable. This is only an allusion to something spiritual. Why? This story is brought in the Gemara as a proof and as an example and to support the halacha that Rava said. What's the halacha of Mechay Vinisham Sunni Paraliyada? You're obligated to drink on Purim until you cannot distinguish between Baruch Marth and Arahaman. Rabban of Zera fulfilled this, actually. So we're bringing this as a proof of how you're supposed to behave. And since this is brought as a halacha, we have to say the story happened physically, in a simple sense. Not only in spiritual sense. When the Gemara says stories about Rabbi Barav Chana, those stories are brought in the section of the Gemara called Agadita. And Agadita is a spiritual um, section of the Gemara. The Gemara says, uh, the Sifri says, if you want to know the one by whose word the world came to be, you should learn the Agadita of the, of the Gemara. The, the Agadita certainly is about spirituality. But this Gemara is about Halacha. And if it's about Halacha, you have to say that the story the Gemara is bringing to prove the Halacha is a story that happened. A Maiseraf. So the question is, all our questions come back. If we would just say it's a spiritual story, fine. But if it was a physical story, then, and we have to say it's a physical story, because otherwise, how does the Gemara bring this in context, context of halacha? We're left with our question. Proves uh, from this story of Rabba killing Rab Zera that they disagree with the sentence with the teaching of Rava. In other words, this story was to disprove the teaching of Rava, and uh, the Allah is not like Rava, and it's not correct to act this way. So that's what the story is meant to prove that Ra- the Allah is not like Rava. What You're supposed to drink on Purim to you distinguish in Baruch Marchemah. This is broad. It's a story. It's broad. It's broad. It's broad. You shouldn't do that. Umuachim is said. The daita mepasha says the Rabbi Rav Zera kapshute. So it's clear that the Balamor and the Ran hold that this story actually happened. The Hezg Misra Rav Zera and Rav and Rav Zera was killed. If this is just a spiritual story to teach us spiritual things, then how does this, does this disprove what Rav said? It must say that this, according to the Balamor and the Ran and the Rebbeinu Ephraim, that this story happened in its simple sense. And that's why this, they accept the story as a challenge to Rav's halacha, the Yachayev to drink on Purim, to you cannot distinguish in Baruch Marachin and Arahama. So we're left with a question, all our questions come back, what is going on over here? How can we possibly say that Rab is guilty of murder? We'll see. It's a very good question. That's exactly where I was going. Why is he using the word shecht? Let's see. Therefore, it appears to say, This story happened in its simple sense. As a result of Rabbi drinking, he actually caused Abzir to die. 
מקום כמו מייסר רבא באיפן שכזה שאין בה שום סרח אפילו שרוסדם כוחה אין איזן שבוטר רוצה. However, this action, this death, what רבא did, was done in a way that does not have any trace of murder or any negativity whatsoever to the extent, Rabbi won't do the same thing again the following year because he, there was no trace of anything negative in what he was doing. We understand this very first, we can understand this very first prefacing. We know about the passing of another one of you. Next page. The Gemara says, why did they die? They died because they drank. They were drunk when they entered the Yisimengdash. Their death was connected with, as a result of, they're drinking too much wine. It's only the question about this. It's known, it says clearly in the Torah, that I know that God said that I will sanctify myself with those close to me and I didn't know who God meant. Moshe told Aaron, now I see that Nadar and Aviyu are greater than me and you. And that's why when God said he wanted to be sanctified with those close to him, who did he mean? He didn't mean me and you, he meant after them. Nadar and Aviyu, they're greater than us. How can you say that they had something negative, especially that they, drew, got, they got drunk and they went to be some English, how does that make any sense? If they're greater than Meshur Rabbeinu, greater than Aaron how can we say they got drunk to go in the base of English? They got drunk and and the base of English being drunk. It sounds like they're just like teenagers. Well, that's like the whole other So the question is, what were they thinking? Why? 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 why did, what, were, what, what was going through their mind? What was going through their mind? <laughs> they did not hold themselves back from having dveikus, attachment to Hashem, ni'imus, sweetness, pleasantness, areva, sweetness, yididus, friendship, closeness, chavivus, love, neshikus, kissing, mesikus, another word for sweetness, until their souls left them. They didn't hold themselves back from experiencing closeness with Hashem until mamish their souls left their bodies. Merchayim says this explains the Pasuk they came close to Hashem and they died. The reason they died says they're Rechayim because is their closeness with Hashem. So based on Rechayim you can explain why they drank. What's the meaning of wine? Wine means the secrets of the Torah. It says when wine comes in secrets come out. Just like when you drink wine, as Yossi mentioned before, what's secret, what's inside of you, come, come, gets revealed. You start saying things you didn't plan to say. You, all your secrets come out when you drink. 
So the wine of Torah means the secrets of Torah. And being drunk in the wine means a tremendous amount of revelation of the secrets of the Torah. It means not just they learned some uh, Kabbalah or Chassidus before they went to the Besamekdash, there was Shtuya Yain. They were drunk with Chassidus. They went really deep into the Maimarim of Ayin and Beis and who knows what, and they really got into it. They were Shikr with Chassidus. To the extent that the souls left them. Just like a person who actually drinks wine in a simple sense, it causes him to, his, his senses to become, uh, um, senses not to work properly. So too, this tremendous revelation of godliness in their uh, pursuit of these deep secrets of the Torah and experiencing this revelation of Torah that caused them to lose to their, their senses into the, I mean I mean their 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 physical senses into the extent that their souls actually left their bodies. And therefore, the Torah says after their passing. Do not drink wine before when you come into the base of Mikdash. You cannot allow to drink wine in a way that will make you drunk. With this also hints to the fact that when you drink the wine of Torah, when you're getting involved in the secrets of Torah, you cannot allow that those secrets of the Torah to let you become high on Chassidus in a way that your soul leaves your body and you're not into uh, going back to the world. When he visited the paradise, it says he went in with peace and he left with peace. It's known the explanation of this passage of the Gemara. There was four that entered this orchard, four people that went into the secrets of the Torah, and all of them went in with good health. So how come it says only about Rabbi Kiva? That he went in with peace, left with peace. All of them went in with peace. And the explanation is his approach to why you want to go to this paradise in the first place was in the, with the intent of fulfilling God's will and creation. So, despite Rabbi Kiva being the one who we know that he, he's waiting his whole life to, give his life, to, to be able to go out Kiddush Hashem, as he said when he was actually killed by the Romans, still Rabbi Kiva uh, didn't allow his great yearning for Hashem to. Overwhelm him, and he decided that he's going to the paradise, going to experience his deep secrets, and he's do, doing this only for the sake of bringing the kedusha of Hashem back to this world, to, to reveal kedusha in this world, and um, and that's how he left with peace too, because he went in with the right intent. So Nadav and Avihu, they got they, they learned too much about the secrets of the Torah that overwhelmed them, caused their souls to leave their bodies, and the Torah says, don't do that again. We're going to see um, Rishon is going to continue and talk about actual wine and how that relates. And the Gemara simply says the Torah simply says don't drink wine in a simple sense. How does that relate with um, this idea of deeper secrets to the Torah, etc.? It seems like um, that there's something more to the story. Okay, we'll stop here.